I do know people who have lost their life to World of Warcraft. This is Dr. Chuck Clanton, a game designer who, in this Stanford seminar, is about to break down which video game design results in maximum player engagement. So there's something about engagement versus value going on here. What makes games so fun? What makes them so addictive? Games are intrinsically an alternative reality learning experience designed to induce a flow state. How can we just turn on a game and let four hours disappear instantly? And I was setting it up for the kids, so I set it up. I'd never played it. I opened the box, I got put it in the computer and booted the thing up and thought, well, I should at least see if it worked. The next thing I know, it's dawn, literally. Video games are addicting. However, gaming companies often like to disagree with this statement. I'm Stan Pierre-Louis, and I'm with the Entertainment Software Association. The most important designation I hold today is chief advocate for the video game industry. The claim that excessive exposure to video games, not all media content, just video games, could be deemed a mental disorder, consider me gobsmacked. We don't call them loot boxes. What we look at as, as surprise mechanics is actually quite ethical and quite fun. And we also disagree that there's evidence that shows it leads to gambling. Instead, we think it's like many other products that people enjoy in a very healthy way. Uh, and like the element of surprise. You're up against businesses that have millions of dollars in trying to find out what's addictive and market to these kids and there's pop-up ads that come on the internet and trying to get them involved. Well, with the help of Dr. Chuck Clanton, I'm going to go over video game design and answer whether the statement that video games are addictive is true or not. Before we get started, are you ready to take control over gaming? In phase one of our family program, we provide immediate strategies to stop the spiral and break through denial. In phase two, you make progress in all areas of your life, including increased motivation, productivity, and social skills. For information on our coaching programs, you can go to gamequitters.com and click book a call in the top right corner or email me directly, cam at gamequitters.com. Alcohol, cigarettes, weed, and other drugs, these are the things that instantly come to mind when hearing the word addiction. All of these substances have their own formula that makes them addictive. Video games also have a formula, but unlike a chemical ingredient, gaming is designed to make you high from a psychological perspective. The addictive effects of video games are not as quick or shocking in comparison to other drugs, but they become noticeable over a longer period of time, and in some instances, these effects are life-ruining. It all comes down to the design of video games. I mean, listen to Dr. Chuck Clanton describe what design makes a game extremely gratifying. Uh, one, you need an exciting goal. Two, consequential choices that you make to accomplish that goal. You need obstacles to overcome. You need fun abilities to do things. The things you do need to be fun. And this is all built into tight action loops of doing something, seeing a result, doing something else, seeing a result, etc. The foundation of what makes video games so addictive is that last sentence. Doing something, then seeing a result. Let's say you go to a party and drink alcohol. Sure, you were doing that to see a result, which is to get drunk and feel good. But altering your state of mind doesn't actually fulfill any of your psychological needs as a human. Video games, on the other hand, solve multiple psychological needs and in turn can create the same type of behavior pattern as a regular drug addiction. But how do video games accomplish this? Let me introduce you to the American psychologist Abraham Maslow. You most likely are more familiar with Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It consists of five distinct stages, physiological needs, safety needs, love and belonging needs, 
esteem needs, and self-actualization needs. According to Maslow's theory, we can't move up to the peak of the pyramid unless we fulfill needs in the previous levels. So what does this have to do with video games? Well, video games are designed in a way that they simulate some of the psychological needs, depending on the game. What's interesting about it is that the more addictive video games fulfill multiple needs, while games that fulfill only one are often considered boring. Take a look at this updated Maslow's Pyramid and think about what needs video games might satisfy you. You can also leave a comment down below. I'd love to hear different perspectives of what gaming does for you. However, when you are playing a video game, you only think that your psychological needs are being fulfilled when in reality, it's just an illusion. Nonetheless, this illusion is pretty strong and more easily reached than actually going out there and trying to satisfy these needs in the real world. Let's try to analyze a game, you know, as just an example, a classic that everybody knows, Fortnite. Sure, Fortnite doesn't fulfill physiological needs as you can't quench your thirst or your hunger while playing it, but the comfort you experience fulfills the safety level. Then, since you were playing with real people online, it fulfills the social stage of belonging. You are all playing together and feel like a part of a community. Plus, when you get that kill or even a victory royale, you fulfill the esteem stage you achieve and you gain confidence. The cognition stage is also fulfilled as you are running around trying to come up with the best strategy to win. All right, so Fortnite may not fulfill all of those needs instantly, but if you play for a while and Fortnite becomes the only source where you can get that need satisfaction, well, it's not far-fetched to think that Fortnite can take up the place of meaning in your life and fulfill the highest peak, self-actualization. I actually have a client I've worked with in my coaching program for quite some time, and this is a kind of semi-professional Fortnite player. And for this player, what we've seen over the last year and a half is actually Fortnite becoming a greater and greater priority in his life. It is prioritized over college. It's prioritized over exercise. It's prioritized over any real life social engagement and more and more as things in his life have got worse and worse his time playing fortnite has got greater and greater yet fortnite is still even at that state prioritized over everything fortnite has become his world it's become the source of his identity it's become the source of how he fulfills all of his time it's how he really feels this sense of purpose in his life even to the detriment of everything around him, including his health and his relationships. The way that video games can fulfill your needs is a big part of how they can become addictive. But that's not the only part of the video game design formula. Next up is the flow state. Flow state is another psychological concept that comes from positive psychology. Essentially, it's a focused state of being that feels extremely good and meaningful. I was at a dinner the other night with a friend and viewer of this channel. His name is Tony. And he was asking me about why I love to go surfing. And for me, surfing is all about that flow state. When you catch a wave, there's a moment. It, it might only last for a second, but there's a single moment where just there's no thought. Time disappears. There's no ability when you catch a wave to think about anything other than being in that present moment. And that moment, that flow state makes all the time you spend waiting for a wave worth it. When I was playing video games, I had that same flow state as well. I was fully in the moment. I didn't really have to think about anything else. And I'm sure if you're watching this channel, you've had a very similar experience. My mom actually shared a story that when I was younger, she was curious how long I would play video games for before I would get off, how long until I would realize it was time to do something else and 15 hours had gone by. She came downstairs and said, hey Cam, you know, it's time to get off. 
And I said, why? I just got on. I just started playing. And she said, Cam, it's been 15 hours. For me, those 15 hours, I was so in the zone. I was so in a flow state that I didn't even know time had passed. I didn't even know it had gone from being morning to being nighttime. I just was fully in the zone. And, you know, certainly for so many of you watching this channel, watching this video, that flow state is a big part of why you game and why games become addictive for you. And game companies spend millions of dollars on research into what conditions put players in the flow state faster and keep them there longer. So what are some of these game conditions for creating that flow state? How, how we interpret them in gaming, in the building game context. Clear set of goals, that's the mission. You gotta have lots of missions. Missions are um, hierarchical. Your big mission, you know, to defeat the, universe, the evil in the universe. Uh, but now I got to free this world and to do that, I got to do this and this and this and do that. I got to do this. So missions, uh, compelling purpose. Oh, saving the universe. That's a pretty compelling purpose. A lot of games have very uh, uh, fantasy oriented purposes. Not all of them, but a lot of them do. Um, personal agency, consequential actions in the game. What I do must matter. Now, you'd think that, well, of course. But a lot of narrative games, in order to try to save on resource, you'll take this path and it will converge with this path. People figure that out and then they don't like the game anymore and they stop. That's why a lot of narrative games did not work. We're more sophisticated about narrative games now than we were then. But anyway, um, clear and immediate feedback. I need to know what the state is, what my progress is, and what the actions I just did accomplish. I need to be able to tell that. Close match between perceived challenge and perceived skills. Fairness is really important in games. If I sense that it's unfair, meaning that I can't learn my way through this obstacle, then, uh, then and that's so like the seniority thing has to be pretty subtle. You can't let people know what you're doing. Now to understand these conditions more simply, take a look at this picture. If you make a video game too difficult and the person playing cannot adapt to difficulty and overcome it, it will induce anxiety. It's not really fun to play. If you make a game that's too easy and the player's skills are too high, the game is boring. In both of these situations, no flow state is achieved. But if you make a game that balances the player's skill level and the game's difficulty, then you achieve a flow state. A good example of this would be the Souls games. Dark Souls, Elden Ring, Neo, Bloodborne. All these games are extremely difficult, yet people love them. Sure, the game may start out being very difficult and the player's skill levels non-existent, but once you play for a bit more, you catch up with the game's difficulty by making your character stronger. Then the game becomes a constant flow state as you keep dying and adapting to different bosses in order to win. And when you win an intense boss battle, what do you feel? Ecstatic. And once you get that, you got them. They're gonna keep playing. This is one of the most powerful chemical releases, pleasurable chemical releases you can get in your brain. It's a dopamine surge and it's very, it's very engaging. You don't want to stop. That's the final element of the addictive video game design formula, victory. You never play video games just for the sake of it. You play because you want to win, to achieve something. This doesn't necessarily mean that everyone watching this is going to become a competitive esports player, but you generally play in order to feel a sense of victory. It's, it's true in, uh, in any game that has had its levels carefully designed to engage you because we want to move you to the point where you'll work really hard to win and then feel really victorious when you do that. Wait, 
Did I say that victory was the final element of what makes gaming so addicting? Psych! That's the wrong number! Although we covered major concepts like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, the flow state, and the sense of victory, there's one smaller element that contributes to the overall addictive nature of video games, the illusion of gaining skill. You might think that when you were playing a game, you were getting better at it by gaining skills on how to play, what works and what doesn't, and quicker reactions to problem solving. However, becoming better at games may not necessarily be true. Sure, when it comes to esports titles like Fortnite, CSGO, League of Legends, and so on, you do need specific skills that you acquire through playing the game. But listen to this. So there's a trick in games. Games do require skill, and you have to develop certain skills to do things. But the primary thing that is your skill is seniority in game. That is, we do lots of things to give you more power, more capability, more scope with time in game. Yes, you have to learn how to do a basic set of skills, but actually you haven't become a masterful sharpshooter. You become a slightly better sharpshooter and you put enough time in the game that we give you more power, a better gun. So you keep thinking you're getting better and better and better. What you're actually getting is older. This illusion of becoming better, while in reality, just being rewarded by the game for putting the time in is very cleverly designed, for instance, in the most recent remake of Resident Evil 4. In that game, you start off with pretty much nothing, except a pistol. And winning against a horde of villagers in the first bigger arena of the game can be quite challenging. However, as you keep playing, you find a shotgun, and although your aim might not have gotten better, you now have a more powerful weapon to survive and you receive the illusion that you are getting better at the game. With all that said, do you think video games are designed to be addictive? Share your thoughts in the comments below. From simulating the fulfillment of psychological human needs, putting the person in a flow state that leads to nowhere, flooding the brain with pleasure chemicals when winning, to giving the illusion of skill building. Again, video games are not like other drugs. You won't die of lung cancer while playing Fortnite, you won't overdose and you won't have extremely noticeable short-term side effects. But what you can experience is losing your life without the ability to respawn. Thanks so much for listening to the Gaming the System podcast. I hope you got value out of today's episode. On GameQueers.com, we have hundreds of YouTube videos, articles, and other podcast episodes to help you get control over gaming. We also have bespoke coaching programs where we work directly with you and your family to get gaming under control for good. For information on our coaching programs, email me directly, cam at gamequeers.com, or go to gamequeers.com and click book a call on the top right corner, and I'll share information with you then. Together, we will get your son back on track, and we look forward to working directly with you.